0: Good afternoon. It is October 4th. This is the Witch in the City podcast, and I am your host, Goldie. Today is going to be a difficult episode for me to record. Uh, As many of you know, I have been silent for the past week, and there is good reason for that. Um, I know that my assistant reached out to a few of you last week to cancel sessions and to sort of let you know what's been going on with me or what happened and to those of you that were booked last week and all of you in general that have shown me so much love thank you for being patient thank you for being kind thank you for I'm just getting through all of the emails right now and um, I'm looking at some of the inboxes and texts and I want you to know that I am grateful for you guys. Um, you have been so patient and so loving and, you know, some of you have been working with, um, on your spiritual work for some time. Some of you, we just started yet. All of you showed me so much love and I want to thank you for that. Last week Monday, my cousin Tori, um, who I grew up with, with my grandparents, she was killed in a car accident uh, just about 12.30 p.m., which ironically I didn't even realize um, is around this time. From what I have heard and from what I have read, um, she died instantly. Her body transitioned. I'm sorry, her soul transitioned. And uh, she felt nothing. Because of who I am and what my gifts are, um, I can confirm that uh, she felt nothing. And um, when I found out I had found out from my daughter, and my oldest daughter, uh, and all I remember was, um, I'm going to be all over the place, but there's a reason I'm recording this episode, Um, not just to tell you guys where I've been, but um, to sort of shed some light on families and loved ones that deal with people, not deal, but have experienced a life with addiction that involved addiction with someone that you loved, love. Um, I got a text from my daughter and she asked me if I had spoken to, if I'd spoke to Tori's mom and that would have been an ad right away uh, because I don't have a um, current relationship with um, her mother uh, because of the addiction and all the toxicity surrounding that, I had distanced myself. Um, it was overwhelming. Uh, so I had distanced myself and not that I don't love my aunt or Tori, but I, if you have been in that situation or <clears throat> excuse me are currently in that situation you know how toxic it can be and how it can swallow you up spiritually so I distanced myself so it was very odd that my daughter asked me um and then I immediately heard again if you don't know what my gifts are I have, I possess all of the clairs so I can hear things I see things um visions telepathic visions um and I heard immediately Tori's dead. And I didn't hear anything. My daughter hadn't told me, hadn't said anything to me. I can tell my throat chakra is really trying to clear right now. Uh, so just give me, please, please show me grace as I clear my throat throughout this podcast. Um, I had immediately heard before I'd known anything, Tori's dead. So I was talking with my, my son and I were outside talking with my neighbor who was moving to Florida. And she was packing up her truck. She was giving me all of her flowers and plants and I was wishing her love and peace on her journey and safety. And I had already gotten the text from my daughter asking if I'd talked to Tori's mom. And I was on edge, I knew something had happened. I'd heard Tori's dad. I tried to cancel that out of my mind. Although knowing my gift and what I heard, seen, feel, um, I'd known that she did transition. And, uh, eventually my daughter called me and, um, she said, up, uh, um, you know, I talked, talked to Tori's mom and, uh, she was just screaming, she's gone, she's gone, she's gone. And a, uh, she had, um, it was in a car crash and, um, what? I, I was standing with my son, I'd already, you know, said, you know, goodbye to uh, my neighbor, and I was walking away from my son, um, I knew what was coming, I'd seen it, I'd heard it, and I remember my daughter saying this to me, you know, saying she said she's gone, and I I'll, all I remember is going limp, completely limp. I, I think I dropped my phone. I fell over. Um, my son heard heard me saying she, she's dead. Like, she, he heard it and um, he came over by me. I tried to walk in the house with him. Uh, walked in the house, I don't remember anything after that. Everything was a blur. I contacted my assistant at some point and told her to please contact you guys that were all booked for last week, and um, she did graciously. <sighs> um, and you guys were all so kind. Uh, given my gift, I want to give you a bit of insight on what happens. Um, I've always said that it's a double edged sword because, in on one hand, I have the ability to guide and your spiritual journeys and, and your spiritual work. On the other hand, I can see things, um, that are coming and hear things. So the week previous to the accident, I was, I drive a sports car and I I love driving my car. Um, and I drive it like a sports car and, uh, I was driving and I see the, seen a vision of a crash head on. And um I seen the front end flying up in the air, smashing down. I seen um uh, uh, image the, through, going through a windshield onto a head of a car. And I came home and I said, you know, son, I you know, I gotta I just seen this, it made me uncomfortable, you know. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just chill out for a minute. And he was like, Yeah, mom I was like, Yeah, do what you gotta do. He's like, you know, I'm sure it's just, you know, I'm sure it's nothing, but I know myself, you know, I'm old enough to know. I've had, I've seen these things before, I've known these things before. So. Um, two days later, I seen the same thing. And I was driving, I believe it was just to the gas station grab, grabbing some ice. And I seen it again, I didn't mention it to anybody. And then um, three days later, I heard about Tori's crash and um, I had no idea until I talked to my aunt who has guardianship of her, of Tori's daughter, a 13 year old daughter. She left behind a 13 year old daughter and a 10 year old son. I had no idea until I talked to my aunt about how I envisioned it, how the vision I had was identical to how Tori transitioned. The crash was identical to what I'd seen. Um, that was Thursday when I went to go see my aunt and I found that out. Wednesday, I wanted to connect with Tori. I wanted to see her transition. I wanted to connect with her. I I uh, put my AirPods in, laid in bed, connected to a 528HC frequency. And if you don't know what that is, I can talk about that in another episode, but that allows me... uh. Sort of travel spiritually and I uh, was able to see her transition it was painless it was almost like a balloon popped and that was it and I saw her body lift I heard my grandpa's voice call her by her nickname and then I seen her curled up in a fetal position next to, to her 13 year old daughter Um, I, and that is when I am grateful to be able to see things like this because it was really important to me that she was no longer in pain. Uh, Tori was 34 years old, very young. And, uh, when she, I, I wanted, I I recorded this a couple of times And I found myself just really telling her life story. And I saved that to play it for myself later, play it for her children. Um, The recording that I recorded right now, I'm just going to ride with this and, and give you reasons why I felt this was so important to share with all of you. Tori and I um, grew up together at my grandparents' house. My mother had me very young, 19, and uh, I grew up with my aunts and uncles and my grandparents. Um, I was the only grandchild for a long time. I was very spoiled by my grandfather and doted upon, um, and I was the, the only grandchild for a very long time. And my aunt, who I, who I felt was I was closest to growing up, uh, she got pregnant. She moved away to Florida. That made me very sad. Um, She moved away during a time that um, I was really dealing with some stuff that was going on in my life. My uncle had molested me when I was very young. And then my mother's husband also um, molested me when I was around nine. So when my aunt moved away, I was very sad. And Mr. Dearly, when I found out she was pregnant and moved back home, I was going to be I was sort of jealous that she was pregnant. Um, because I knew that the new baby would get some attention. I was used to the attention, and but when she came back from Florida and she had Tori, um, I loved her very much. And you sort of grew up together. I was, I believe fourteen when Tori was born, and I was in you know full blown trauma by that time. I had projected my um, early abuse into stealing cars um, lying, uh, basically wreaking havoc on myself and my grandmother who was home with me because my grandfather, um, I come from a car family and my grandfather was gone a lot, um, at the auctions and, uh, and running the car dealership that my family had. My grandmother was the one they had to put up with me because I, they took me out of my home, um, where I was being abused, and my grandmother said she'd take me, so, uh, I was too fucked up to get my shit together, and I didn't have any resources. I had one counselor that, um, or a therapist that I worked with from around, like, nine until I was in my 30s. Uh, she helped me out a lot. She was my, uh, support system, but anyways, I, um, I was fucking up a lot, but, I remember when Tori was there, um, she'd always been in her little diaper, such a pretty little baby, um, very thick, sandy brown hair, very beautiful green eyes, a precious little, little, little button nose and beautiful little cupid lips. She was a beautiful baby. And I remember her running around in her diaper a lot and being in the water with her. Uh, my grandparents, they lived on a lake and we would be in the water together, uh, We would go on boat rides with my grandfather. We would go places with my grandfather. Uh, We were always sort of at the lake together when I wasn't um, in like an episode. And, uh, you know, we were growing up together and I, you know, Tori got to be around five or six years old. And um, she was starting to complain about her stomach hurting a lot. And uh, my aunt had moved out of my grandparents' house and she had her own place. She was always very independent. Um, Tori's mother, very independent, um, wanted to work. Um, and seemed to enjoy being a mom and, uh, she had her own place. And I eventually moved in with her, uh, to one place and I couldn't stay there long. I was, I was just too, I ran away a few times. I was just a mess. And then we went, um, she had gotten her own place somewhere else. And that's when Tori started complaining about her stomach hurting. It turned out that she had ulcerative colitis And she did have the surgery to have her, I believe it's large intestine, um, be rerouted to the outside of her body and uh, had an ostomy bag very young. She was on steroids, a lot of medication, one being oxycodone. I I see, I don't know if it's pronounced oxycodone or oxycontin, either way. um, I think we're all well aware that this is an addictive painkiller that has destroyed a lot of fucking lives. And I believe that was the catalyst and the direct, and I believe there was a, this is a whole other thing I could talk about in another episode, but, um, introducing this drug in the nineties, I think it was the nineties where it was introduced, introduced anyways, that's when Tori was taken. And I believe that, um, again, was the, the route, uh, to where she became a, an, an adult addict. Um, so she's pre- prescribed painkillers. This is stuff that I'd heard throughout the years from different people in my family, whether you know a lot of this is accurate uh, I i I'm, I'm hoping it is um but a lot of this is what was told to me because again i was doing my own thing trying to heal from my trauma trying to find myself i was a teenager early 20s by this point um and i'd heard that you know she was on steroids and you know she was she was in school um she seemed to be doing okay i'd seen her occasionally we had taken a trip to florida with tori um and I just remember her being more like my little sister than anything else, even though, um, her mother was my aunt. She was more like my little sister to me. Uh, she looked up to me growing up. Um, and I had a lot of regret not being able to be there. Like I could have been because I was so fucked up with trauma. I'd gotten myself into a pretty toxic relationship when she was a full blown addict. And, um, it, it was devastating, uh, to, finally figure out that she was a heroin addict. And I didn't realize it until she had come to my house one day and she had pulled in my driveway and our daughters are, let me see here. Our daughters are five months apart. Um, So she would bring her over to my house sometimes. And um, I remember when I figured it out that something was wrong with her or that she was an addict, She came to my house to bring her daughter over and she looked dazed, just completely out of it. And I remember calling somebody like, what the fuck is wrong with Tori? Like what's going on? that's when I knew something was going on. And I was, my, I was, they confirmed it. Whoever I talked to, I don't remember that um, she was using. And when she would come to pick her up, I would try to delay her because I knew that she was high. So I didn't want her driving with her and um, with her daughter. And I remember keeping her at my house until I felt that she wasn't high because she was so erratic and so aggressive that I didn't want her daughter to see her that way. So I would, you know, like go outside with her or talk to her. Like I did my very best to not have herself in danger driving and her daughter with her. And, you know, I couldn't do as much as I could have uh, because it was just such a toxic environment. And if you are a family member of an addict or you are a current family that, someone in your family currently is using an active addict. I, uh, you know, how fucking droning and suffocating this can be. And I wasn't even in it. Um, like some of my family members were that just completely were swallowed up. Um, because I knew that I had to raise my children, I was coming out of you know, the relationship I was starting to heal. And I knew I had to take care of my children be a woman and mother. And I knew that the only way I could help, um, she had lost custody of her children at that time. And, um, the father had custody of her daughter and he is just fucking garbage. And she was in a toxic household over there. And the only thing I could do was, um, try to find a way to be in her daughter's life so I could help her. And the fa- the, the her son had already had guardianship, um, the father of Tori's son, their grandparents had custody of him. Um, but it was, so I, I did my best. So that was something I couldn't really get into. Although I'd have loved to have you know helped in, in, in any way with, with, with her son. But I uh, contacted the father and um, eventually started taking her to school every day um, and picking her up from school. Uh, making sure she had a snack when she got home here by us with my daughter. Again, they're five months apart and get them dinner. And then the father would come and get them. I did that for about a year. And I felt like that is something I could do to help Tori was to care for her daughter. And I did want, I would have loved to have guardianship of her, but my aunt and her husband stepped in to take guardianship of her. And um, that's where she's been. And that's where she still is. Um, the reason I'm recording this episode is because there are a lot of people that Tori has come in contact with that have known Tori to be an addict and they only know her to do fucked up shit and do addict type stuff and that's not who Tori was. When an addict is a full-blown addict, They're no longer who they were. They are now the drugs. I had not, I had seen Tori at a grocery store earlier this year, and I did not recognize her. And that fucked me up, and my daughter could see it. She could see it in my face, and I was like, oh my God, who is that? Her face uh, was broken out a bit. She had barely teeth. I could tell through the mask that she barely had any teeth in her mouth. She's 34. And I remember leaving there, and I remember just sitting and meditating like, oh, my God. I did the best, the best that I could. I did veiling. Um, I, I tried to veil her spiritually. If you don't know what veiling is, I can talk about that in another episode. Um, I tried veiling her. I had done candle work with her, um, which I believe saved her a few times. She had seven overdoses, came back to life each time. I didn't even know she had seven overdoses until last week. She was also in another car crash. I believe this was two years ago. Uh, She survived this car crash. Um, She's, Tori is about 5'3", and like 130 pounds. She's tiny. Um, She's small. Petite. And uh, her little body was taking such a fucking beating. Um... Uh, Just give me a minute. She was trying to survive every day. Trying to beat her addiction. Trying to be a mom. And she just couldn't couldn't do it anymore. Every time I seen her, before I seen her for the last time, uh, she just looked exhausted. Just tired. And, um... When I seen her at the grocery store, I went. To, when I went to my car, she had left a note on my car that said, I love you and I miss you. And I still have the note, and I'm so glad I kept it. The reason that I'm recording this episode is because Tori wasn't the girl with no teeth and the addict behavior, Tori was someone that loved animals and she loved swimming, she loved the water, she loved her children, all she ever wanted to do is be a mom and the only way that she could be free is if she left us. Her earth body, her shell, needed to rest, and her soul and her spirit needed to be free, and that is why she's no longer here anymore. And my grandparents knew she needed to feel no more pain and to have her rest, and that's why she felt nothing when she transitioned, If I know that I have a large platform and I know that people that she knows are going to hear this and Tori wasn't Tori once she started using Tori was the drugs. That was heroin. That wasn't Tori. That was the pills. It wasn't Tori. Tori was a beautiful young woman with really beautiful, sparkling green eyes. She has naturally sandy brown hair and is beautiful. All she'd ever ever wanted to be was a mom and care for her kids. And I always thought that she would get clean because I always had a vision of her in like this cute little condo, getting up to take her kids to school, making breakfast for them, picking them up after school and just being a mom. And now she can protect them how she's always wanted to because she couldn't do it here. And she had to go because she was so exhausted. She was so tired. She was so fucking tired. She couldn't be here anymore. But now she can be with her kids the way, the only way she can be, she can protect them because they're going to need it. And I will do my best to be there for her two children and give them everything I can. Because she's not going to be there. No, let me back up. She will be there when they graduate and get their licenses and get married and have their own families. But not in the way she'd want to. Whatever Whatever your experience was with Tori when she was an addict... Please show grace and anybody that is an addict. They are still human. They're just gone. They're just gone. The drugs swallow them up. But they're still human beings. So if you can't save them, just tell them you love them every time you see them. And make them feel human just for one minute. Because they are. I will. T- I, I hear her voice. I talk, talk to her every day. And the reason I'm recording this episode is because it's going to come to a point. Tori, she may have talked about. I don't. I, we don't know yet. We sent out it to, Or my aunt had a toxicology report, or she's having a toxicology report done. And however it comes back, people need to know that Tori loved animals. She was kind. She was sweet. Empathetic, compassionate, loving, loved her children. And was really beautiful. If you have someone in your life that you love that is an addict, tell them you love them. It doesn't mean you have to be around it or be in their life. And if you've done all you can, just tell them you love them. Our family home is gone due to addiction. My grandparents have both now transitioned and people say, you know, you know, who, who, who got her on drugs? Who got her on drugs? You know, how are you going to handle this? You know, be and who I am and, and, and whatever I um. I'm going to let our ancestors handle this. And it doesn't even, uh, honestly, who, what, where, when, why at this point. I am grateful that she felt nothing and that she's free. Would I have loved to see her get clean? Yes. Would I have loved to see her daughter see her mom <laughs> clean? Yes. I also want to tell you one thing else, please don't say to people if you loved your children enough you would get clean because drugs are so fucking powerful and all she ever wanted to do was get clean. Thank you to every single one of you that shown me so much love. Thank you for this time that I was able to have with my own children and my family this week or this past week. And I want to let you know that I appreciate you and love you all so much. Thank you. Thank you for everything, for all the notes, the letters, for everything. And somebody even sent um, uh, a gift basket. Thank you for allowing me this space to breathe and exhale. I hope that you all have a beautiful day. Be kind and spread love.